Remember. Remember who you are before society told you how to be. Through ritual and ceremony, my mission is to guide you on your own journey back to self, to shed limiting beliefs, societal conditioning, and outdated ancestral patterns. Through individually curated healing methodologies, I help to remind you of the greater purpose of your life. Welcome to the Return of Ritual podcast. I'm your host, Amber Winston. I'm so happy you're here. Hi, everybody. Welcome to a very special episode. I decided I wanted to spice things up a bit and do a podcast episode featuring yours truly. So an episode with me. Uh, I felt like I have so much to share with you all and I have been writing about it, but I haven't been able to articulate fast enough to keep everybody up to speed with what's been going on in my life, in my journey. Um, I'm sure some of you are aware that I have left the corporate world and embarked fully um, into the unknown, right? I've stepped fully uh, into the chasm um, and am focusing 100% on return of ritual, which has been amazing. But I want to share with you how I got there or how I've gotten to this place, because that I think is the most important part. Um, and really the way that I feel like I'm going to be able to be of service to so many different people and helping them with these sorts of transitions. Um, so I'm going to dive into some of the rituals that I was doing, the ceremonies, um, where I was going, what I was doing to kind of really support, um, and manifest this transition in today's episode. So that's really the purpose. It's to just fill you in on everything that's been happening in my life, the rituals and ceremonies that I've been using that have been a part of this journey um, and really inspire you all um, in your own remembrance or inspire you with any transitions that you um, are embarking on or you know, maybe you have a vision of where you want to be in the future, and this might just help inspire you to get there or to take that next step. So what I want to start with is um, going back in time to last August. So August of 2020, and I have kind of a timeline of events that I want to cover today and just share with you kind of the more intimate details of what was happening for me in this transition. So we'll start in August. And in August, I decided to have a soul oracle reading with Anaya Sophia. And Anaya Sophia has been featured on the podcast. So I would encourage you to check out her episode. She's an amazing British woman. She lives in the French Pyrenees um, and is an absolute healer and soul oracle um, reader. And so what I did in this session with her was over Zoom. And it it's called a soul oracle reading. So she's basically looking at me, um, having me talk for a little bit, and then she's channeling what my soul is saying and articulating that back to me. So I get on the zoom call with her and, you know, she's like, okay, so, you know, just talk a little bit about who you are and what you're up to. And so I just very nonchalantly was like, I'm Amber Winston and I live in, you know, Carlsbad and I've got this corporate job and I've got this passion project. I'm throwing my pen around. Um, I've got this passion project as well. And, you know, I, I've got a dog and a husband, you know, just very high level. And the first words out of her mouth, you know, and she doesn't really know me that well, you know, we've done one podcast interview. Um, 
So again, it's not like this is somebody who knows the intimate details of my life. Um, but I, I speak for a little bit in the beginning and then she literally looks at me and the first words out of her mouth are, you need to quit your job. And I, it's almost like the wind kind of was knocked out of my stomach or my lungs. I was like, <gasps> you know, and I started crying. And for those of you who know me a little bit more closely, you know, I, it takes a lot for me to cry, you know, I, maybe it's that British upbringing. Right. And I start crying. Like my soul starts crying. Like I really start sobbing and getting very emotional just by her saying that to me. And, you know, once I kind of gather myself, uh, I say, well, you know, well, what do I need to do? And she says to me, you don't need to do anything. It's just going to happen. Well, that was very unsettling. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, we love to do things right in our culture. It's like, well, I just want something tangible that I need to do about this information. No, no, I wasn't given that. So it was an amazing reading. And I, I get off the zoom call with Anaya and I immediately start journaling because I needed to do something. <laughs> and this is what we get into with the rituals and the ceremonies that aid us in our transitions that I'll be sharing more of. Um, I started journaling and knowing that I didn't need to do anything. What I could do in that moment was I could write a resignation letter. And I did. I wrote and dated in my journal, a resignation letter and just kind of anything that was on my heart. I just kind of started to write it out, you know, very professionally as if I was like announcing to people that I was going to be resigning. Like it would be like an email, for example, that I would send to managers and whatnot. Um, and I signed it and I dated it. And that was a ritual. That was me taking something um, tangible, you know, and putting it into the mythic almost. It was, it might not even have been tangible, but it was something that was up for me uh, that I could have noodled on and thought a lot about and, you know, talked a lot about, but I wanted to get out of my thinking mind and I wanted to put it into the spiritual realm or the mythic. And so that was me writing a resignation letter. It's like, I was taking it out and putting it energetically into that note. So then I was embarking on a road trip. So this was uh, around November at this point. And my husband and I had agreed that, you know, we wanted to kind of get away for the election time and just kind of hit the road for a little bit and go to some more remote locations. We didn't really know what was going to pan out. So we decided that that would be the best move for us. And so we, um, packed up and we took Rupert, the dog, you know, and we hit the road and we went on an amazing road trip and, uh, we went to Colorado and a lot of the time that we spent um, in these places, we were working remotely, but we went to locations where in the evening we could get ourselves into some healing waters. And we visited three different hot springs, I think actually maybe even four. And that's what we did. We would work in the day and then in the night I would submerse myself in the healing waters of this planet. And that's important because this is part of transformation. Water is um, transformative. Water is also 
really great at um, dissolving things. And so without even knowing kind of the higher level impact that this was happening at the time, in hindsight, I can look back and I can see, ah, I was going into some healing waters because I was being prepared. You know, I was being baptized and, and washed over and and whatnot. But at the time I was like, oh, this is just so healing. I feel so great. There's all these natural minerals in the water and lithium. And I would just, Luke and I both would just love being in these, these healing waters. And so that was November. And, and we kind of got out of our routine. You know, this was almost a year of, of working remotely from home, both of us because of the pandemic. So it was a welcome relief to kind of hit the road and be in some new environments for a while. And I remember being in Pagosa Springs, Colorado, and I did another ritual. Uh, I did something called a sand painting. And um, if you're not familiar with that, you know, it's uh, something that I've learned from my shamanic studies when I was down in Chile studying with the Kiro shamans. Um, we, we do something called a sand painting. And what that ultimately is, is it, again, helps us get out of our thinking mind and this reality and puts things out into the mythic or out into space or the universe to reorganize on our behalf. And what I did was um, I went out into kind of the forest by the Airbnb that we were staying at and you create a circle and, you know, maybe you take sticks or stones and you create the circle and then you put two things or three things or four things that are up for you that you're working on in your life into the sand painting. And by doing that, you're again, putting it out into the universe to reorganize. And then every morning I would go back to the sand painting and revisit it. And I would observe what's changed, what's happened. Did things move around? Have things blown out of the sand painting? Did um, a bird poop on one thing in the sand painting? And you glean insights from working with these bigger topics um, in this mythic space. And I can share more about that ritual um, later, but that's a high level kind of understanding of what this is. And so I put two things in because I was like, I'm on the road, you know, I'm just going to like put these two things in. And I put, I picked up a, a pine cone for my corporate job and I had a crystal and I put the crystal for a return of ritual. And I put both of those, like my passion project, right into the sand painting. So that was kind of the second ritual that I did. So it's almost like I was conjuring up. I was, I was working through things without really knowing I was working through things at that point. But those were the two things that were up for me and I ritualized them and put them out there. So then I would visit the sand painting every day and I would notice like what's different. Oh, the, the pine cone has rolled over and is more by the edge now. And the crystal is still right there in the middle. You know, I would just kind of gather insights about what was going on. Well, the road trip was amazing. Uh, again, we healed ourselves in a lot of amazing natural hot springs. It just I felt like a rebirth or a preparation or um, a cleansing of sorts, which now in hindsight, I understand it literally was because when I got back from that uh, working remotely trip, when I was uh, in Colorado, we were in New Mexico for a little bit as well. Um, I came back and I hopped on a call with my manager and he basically said to me, you know, um, Hey, Amber, just wanted to let you know that, uh, your, your role is being eliminated. And I was in shock. 
And I just listened, you know, as he continued to share information. And it was, it was a very dental conversation in the sense of, but we really need you. We appreciate and value the work that you do. And we'd like you to continue working, you know, for the next three months. And then at the end of March, the role will be eliminated. And I remember just hanging up that Zoom call. You know, I fumbled my way through that that Zoom call because I was not anticipating this at all. In my mind, I had written a resignation letter and I was resigning on December 31st. You know, this I didn't know this was happening. So a little bit of surprise. And um, I remember hanging up that Zoom call and then just the tears started streaming down my face, like bawling, you know very sad, a lot of emotion behind what had just happened. And then I had to come out into the living room and tell my husband. So I come out and, you know, he's, he's there and he looks at me and he's like, what happened? You know, and I wipe my tears and we sit down on the couch and, and I, you know, between sobs, I'm like, you know, I'm sobbing away. Um, and I tell him, you know, my job's going away, oh, you know, wailing. And he, you know, is like, okay. And starts holding the space. I can tell he shifts and his energy starts to hold the space. And, and he goes, what's behind that emotion? You know, cause I was really upset and crying. And, and, and I had this, I had three insights come through three, like instant downloads or healings opportunities uh, for me in this experience. And the first one was, holy shit, I've never not worked a day in my life. And I'm literally being told my job is going away. And when I say like, I've literally not worked, like I was babysitting like the neighborhood kids at like 13 years old. I worked all through college. I worked in high school. Um, I worked after college. Like I've never not worked. And I have friends who, you know, they've been in and out of jobs. Like it just hasn't been kind of their thing. But for me, it's like, I've always held a job even while I was in college, like I was working as well, which I'm sure a lot of you can relate to. And so in that moment, it was an awareness of, oh my gosh, I'm not going to have a job. Like I've never experienced that before. And Luke just asked me these very pointed questions and he goes, well, why do you think that is? And I thought about it and I, oh, my dad. So then here comes the ancestral healing. Well, my dad's always worked and he, you know, he's worked really hard and he's been very successful in his life. And, uh, that's just how it's been. And then I had another aha moment of, oh, well, my poor dad was at a barbecue might've been like late twenties, um, with his mom and dad. And his dad was complaining of a headache. And this was in England, obviously, um, probably in the late sixties, maybe early seventies. And so my dad, you know, ran my grandfather down to the hospital, like, Oh, you know, dad's complaining of a headache. Let's go get you checked out. Let's run you to the hospital and takes him in. And, uh, my grandfather goes in for his appointment and the doctor comes out shortly after and comes up to my dad and hands my dad, my grandfather's watch and says, I'm sorry, your father's just died. He had a brain aneurysm suddenly. Um, tragic, absolutely tragic. 
And so from that experience, my father took on this energy of, I have to provide for the family. I'm the only son. You know, it's my mom and my sister. Like no one's going to rescue us. No one's going to save us. I have to do it all myself. I have to work really hard to do it. And that was the energy that he embodied, I think, because of that, that circumstance. And then that, of course, was passed on into me of like, you just, no one's going to rescue you. No one's going to save you. You've got to work really hard. You got to do it yourself. Like, that's just what you do. Um, which I'm sure some of you can kind of relate to this. Right. And, and it's generational too. Like, of course, hard work is honored and we want to be working and yes, like, uh, I get that. So that was the second kind of aha moment. You know, it was this first, wow, I've like never not worked ever in my life to understanding like, well, why that is and the ancestral conditioning and, and the patterning that came through from my, uh, my paternal line. And then Luke says to me, he goes, well, well, don't worry. Like I can take care of us. And I start wailing, crying. And he just goes, Whoa, like well, what, what's underneath that emotion. And I go, because I'm not worthy. It was this feeling of, you know, here he is professing, like, don't worry, I can take care of us. And I didn't feel worthy of that, worthy that somebody else would be able to come in and provide for me or take care of me during this transitional time. What it also presented to me was this play this dance between my masculine and feminine energies. Here I am being invited to step in fully to my feminine energy of receptivity and allowance. And it's very uncomfortable. Like I am used to being in my masculine energy, which is, I do all those things. How can I let somebody else do them for me? So those were three like instant downloads that I got when I was communicating to Luke, my husband, about the news about my job being eliminated. And what was unique about the situation was that it wasn't like your job's being eliminated eliminated today. It was you have three months. We want we want you to keep working for three months. We need you to keep working for three months. And I found that to be very a very generous thing where I had this beautiful transition time where it's like I was being transitioned from this old existence held so gently for three months and then set free, like the cage doors opened and the bird flew out. Right. Um, so, so that happened. So from December until March, I knew, and I was going through many more, um, challenges and opportunities to strengthen different muscles and exercise different skills and to continue to grow in that process, which I certainly did. Um, and then that brought me to March 31st, which was the, the last day of me working, um, at the corporate job that I had been at for 11 years and April 1st, you know, was my first day not doing that. And it was an interesting feeling, you know, like all of a sudden here I am going, being so structured for so long, like this is the routine. This is how it works. Um, this is the time that you're doing this. This is the time that you're doing that, you know, so regimented into this complete freedom of 
well, I don't have to do any of those things. And what I've learned in that process is like, oh, I can design my day however I want to design my day. So if I feel like my natural rhythms, um, you know, are feeling super creative in the evening, then I'm going to make that time, you know, when I'm writing and journaling and creating and working. And if I want to, you know, um, exercise first thing in the morning, you know, I can do that now without feeling the sense of urgency of having to be online at a certain time for my job. Right. So here I am in this, like, oh my gosh, like I can like reorganize things in a, in a brand new way that works with my natural rhythms and my natural cycles. So that's been really enjoyable kind of being in that space, but very quickly, I will say comes into play the, the societal conditioning, which is, well, you're not being productive. Did you just take a nap at three o'clock in the evening, in the afternoon? Like, uh, excuse me, you know, you got to get going. Like you need to be working on your next offering for return of ritual. And you know, how's that podcast going? Come on, let's go. And so I have had to play with like that, like the unraveling of that really intense conditioning of if you're not producing all the time, then you're just like, why are you even living? Like if you're not producing like every second, every hour of every day. Um, So I've really had to work with a lot of that and being totally okay and accepting of that time of reprieve and taking a moment to just rest and being okay with that, that, that I deserve that, um, so to speak. So that has also been very interesting, but this has been huge. You know, this has been a big transition for me in fully trusting that the universe is always saying yes to me, that I, all my needs are provided for and met at all, always. And that any opportunity that, that comes to me, you know, will never pass me by if it's meant for me. And the same goes for you. So any opportunity that is meant for you will truly never pass you by and knowing that and really knowing and embodying that the universe is always saying yes to me. I've had to put that into practice, like really put that into practice, like really metabolize that and really believe that that's part of the process. That's part of this process on March 31st, you know, my last day, I, I went to the fire. I had a fire ceremony and I had a dear soul sister join me and bear witness to, to the fire ceremony. And that again, is part of the ritualization of this process of, I took things to that fire that I wanted to release And there was a lot, right? Because I was releasing a big part of myself and relationships and connections and things that I just wanted to resolve and maybe forgive and just, you know, put into that fire. And that too is part of this process and how it helps, helps you get from A to B, right? We like to do things. So bringing things into the sacred and honoring them and doing them ceremoniously really, really has helped me personally with this transition. So shortly after my last day, you know, it's a couple weeks into April at this point, literally have just left the corporate job. I find out that I'm pregnant. 
literally like just left the corporate job. Boom. I find out that I'm pregnant and I'm like literally in shock. Like, are you kidding me? Like I just left that corporate job and now this, like, this is unreal. Like it was almost like a cosmic joke of like, yeah, see, like took you long enough to leave. Like now this is what you're really supposed to be doing. You know, here you go. Oh my gosh. Like completely stunned, amazed, felt so blessed. So, so again, shocked. And, um, what an amazing blessing and experience. And of course, shared so many beautiful moments with Luke, with my husband, with my in-laws, with my parents and notifying, notifying them and just everybody being so happy and like celebrating and just like in amaze, amazement about the whole process and the whole thing. And it just feeling so good about that. And then unfortunately... Unfortunately, at eight weeks, I lost the baby. I had a miscarriage. I experienced the ultimate death ritual. And it was very difficult and it was very hard. But I was able to, as I embarked on that birthing experience and the sadness of losing that spirit, we buried it and we ritualized and we honored the ultimate death ritual. And I got very familiar with loss and grief and death, things that I have not been acquainted with very much thus far in my journey. And this is personal information that I'm sharing. And I, I want to share it because I don't believe that this is often talked about by many women. But soon as you start talking to your sisters about it, it's like, oh yeah, everybody's had one of those. Oh yeah, like I know so many people, you know, and this is this is what that what happened, and this is their experience, and oh, and then they got pregnant right away after, and they've had babies since then, and you know, so soon as it's like you open the door to the conversation, like the wisdom starts flowing, and people start to share and relate. But what I I recognize too, is like how sad it must be for those women who have suffered in silence, who have not spoken up or shared or received the support that they deserve. And so that is really my intention by sharing this with you all is one, it's healing for me that I can share this and be completely vulnerable and authentic and transparent with what has happened with all of you. And in hopes that you too will do the same in your own life and that we can continue to speak up and share what we're going through in our lives with other people. And so I don't want to end on such a <laughs> sad note because I will share that I 
feel mentally very sound with this experience, almost like a level of contentment that it was like a rehearsal. Like I needed to get things going and organized and in place. And, and then, you know, silver lining, we can get pregnant. How amazing, like this is something to be celebrated. Um, how amazing to experience the full cycle of life, death and rebirth and honoring and bringing that into society in its rightful place that we need to support those that are grieving, those that have lost, um, how important that part of the nature cycle is, just as important it is for birth. So I'm hopeful. So I'll say that I'm very hopeful. Um, I, I really do trust in the highest and best good and that the universe is saying yes to me. And this was part of my, um, karmic experience where, whereby I've had a lot of fear around miscarriage and losing babies so much so that on the, um, the Scorpio full moon, Luke and I did, uh, another ritual. We were by the fire and we were releasing things and blessing things and beckoning things. And I had to banish this feeling of like miscarriage, you know, twice I had to do that. And that later that week I did miscarry. So it was almost like I was in the field. I, I was, I was really purging these deep seated, almost like ancestral past lifetime fears. And now that I've gone through this experience, I can say that I'm not afraid of it anymore. Certainly, you know, when we get pregnant again, I might be concerned, kind of like, oh, I hope everything's okay. Of course, that's natural. But I'm, I've like really transmuted and worked through this deeper fear of loss of, of children or the ability to have babies. Um, so there's that. And I was debating like, you know, do I say that? Do I not share that? And I felt, no, like I have to share this. This is my journey. The fact that I had just left that corporate job and then I got pregnant, like literally the, na- the next day was a big blessing. Like, like almost like you're on the right track, like keep going, you know, keep going. Um, and so I just know in my heart and pray in my heart that I will be able to, um, carry a baby forth and into this life, um, you know, maybe one or two, maybe three. Um, and I just carry that in my heart and, and want to share that and put that out into the universe and to share that with all of you. Um, because that is something that I would like to experience in this lifetime. And so I just want to be very open and honest about that. Um, and I just wanted to share, you know, what have I been up to? So, you know, through all of this, you know, there's been a lot of transition, but the thing that has grounded me the most is being able to ritualize, being able to gather with trusted confidants and have sacred ceremony together. And I want to share that with as many people as possible and help as many people as possible transition, whether that's out of relationships or out of jobs or out of old ways of being, you know, no, no matter how big or how small the transition is, I feel like now that I have gone through it fully myself, I can turn back and offer my hand and offer my assistance to so many other brothers and sisters who are striving to get to where I am now at. And so that's my, what I want to offer to all of you is that support, um, and, and just continue to share how ritual and ceremony has helped me do that and ultimately transform. 
Um, I do also want to share that I will offer 20% off any of my services for listening to my special episode featuring uh, yours truly. So 20% off, you can use the promo code podcast, and that will give you a discount on any of the divination arts that I offer. So things like rune readings or three card stories, three card stories are fantastic for getting a gauge of where you are in your life and where you might want to be. And then what are the tools and the resources that you can use to kind of get there? It's, it's an amazing reading, highly recommend that one. Of course, my healing sessions as well. So the shamanic energy medicine sessions, um, these are done virtually and in person. I really love the in-person, but I know, um, you guys are all over the world that listen to this. So certainly I can offer the virtual for my, um, soul brothers and sisters that live farther away than Southern California. And then we have the Glamoury retreat coming up too. So you can get a, a $200 off um, if you do put in the promo code podcast um, for the Glamoury retreat. And the spots are filling up quickly for that. So I would move relatively quickly if you're interested in joining us at that very sacred retreat in Crested Butte, Colorado, um, August 13th of this year, 2021. Um, so those are some of the things that I just wanted to offer to you all. I love you all. I really appreciate you listening to the Return of Ritual podcast. I love all of the reviews that I've gotten on iTunes. So thank you for leaving a review. I really appreciate that. The more reviews we get, the more we can help sh- share this message and spread this message with more people. So I thank you in advance for doing that. Um, and I'll leave you with this final quote that I really Loved. It came from my mentor, Marcy, who is also um, co-leading the retreat, uh, the Glamour retreat this summer. Um, And it was just a conversation that we were having back and forth. And I just loved what she wrote. I wrote it down on my whiteboard, which is right here. Um, She says to me, everything worthwhile in life requires a risk. Everything worthwhile in life requires a sacrifice or a sacred gift or a trade-off. And sacrifice is interesting, or a sacred gift. I like how she used a sacred gift uh, interchangeably with sacrifice, because sacrificing something is giving up something of perceived value, something that has value to you for something that has greater perceived value. So thinking about that in your life, knowing that all things require a risk will require a trade-off but what's, what is worth it to you more? Is it, is it money? Do you value money and prestige over time spent with your loved ones and your family, the ability to travel? Certainly things that I've pondered and I've considered. And so I just wanted to leave you with that beautiful quote. Again, everything worthwhile in life requires a risk. Everything worthwhile requires a sacrifice or a sacred gift or a trade-off. So have a think about that and let me know if I can assist you in any way. So feel free to email me or just, you know, visit returnofritual.com and contact me there. I'm happy to help you. Um, And I am really looking forward to creating a more formalized offering about helping you transition just like I did. So all of the things, all of the tips, the tricks, the secret things that I was doing behind the scenes to really manifest uh, where I am today. And I really can't wait to share that with you in in the future.
So until then, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate all of the love and the support and allowing me to be very vulnerable, open and transparent today. Much love to you all. Can't wait to speak with you again soon. I think we can all agree that this year and last year has been challenging. I have certainly missed real in-person connection and travel. And that's why my beloved mentor, Marcy Tellender, and I have put together the Glamoury Retreat, the secret priestess path of ageless beauty and wisdom, a sacred retreat for women in all phases of the moon and all phases of life hosted in the beautiful Crested Butte, Colorado, starting August 13th, 2021. So if you've been craving time in nature or time surrounded by a tribe of like-minded sisters, enjoying maybe beautiful, delicious, organic food together, doing yoga and Pilates by the river, And if you're drawn to exploring the priestess arts, so things like divination, scrying, creating herbal tinctures, connecting more deeply to nature, to yourself and others, and experiencing many sacred rituals and ceremonies, then this retreat is for you. If you'd like to learn more, visit returnofritual.com forward slash retreats. And as a thank you for listening to the Return of Ritual podcast, we are offering all listeners an additional $200 off. So use the promo code podcast at checkout, and we can't wait to see you there. Space is limited to 13 beautiful women, so reserve your spot today.